It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires and I'm the host of this podcast. Um, and today we're joined by a familiar voice, a, f- a familiar voice that's been on the mentor chats and she was actually on earlier this season. Amber, how's it going? Hello, everybody. Ah, it's some, I'm, I love I love getting to hang out with you. This is a fun, just some fun times. Those are fun times. You too, um, and hopefully we'll get to do it in person someday. Uh, I, yes, yes. We always have. So Joe is one of the mentors that always in our podcast and uh, he and I were in the same room for the first time this summer and it, we were, we were together probably two hours and he looked at me and he was like, have we ever been in the same room before? And I was like, <laughs> I, we haven't, it just, it, we, we've known each other for a long time, but we've with zoom, you just kind of forget that we've never actually been in the same place. But That's right, but hopefully that will change in February. It's going to, yes, that is going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, tell us, tell us a little bit more about you. You know, you've, you kind of had a year stepping out on, stepping out in faith and, I did. How, and you were on earlier this year, which was kind of the beginning of that, of that journey for you. How That's was everything? Right. Tell us about that. So I stepped off of full-time staff at Gateway Church in February. I'd been there 17 years on staff. I'm still a part of Gateway Worship. It's my home church, but I stepped out to do um, apostolic assignment and start the worship life, which is worship coaching ministry. I train and raise up worship teams and worship leaders. I, I have a mentorship program. Um, I love to teach on culture, vocal technique, all the things worship and do it not just domestically, but also internationally. So we've already been to Mexico, Switzerland, Cuba, and we're about to go to Germany. So really excited. It's just all in the 2023. This has just been your year. Yeah, seven months. It's been very, very busy and it's about to get real busy. We have three trips in the next 25 days, I think three trips. So how is it, how is it going from kind of being somewhere more regularly to being on the road more regularly? I will say it, it changes your perspective. Yeah. So when I do come back and I lead at home, um, man, there's just a fire burning inside because when you travel and get to experience different cultures and see what God is doing around the world, um, you just, you really appreciate some of the freedoms and things that we have here in the United States and just not to take things for granted. Yeah. And also just the hunger that's around the world. Um, I just encourage and, and instill that in the team here at home and say, Hey, let's not lose our fire. Let's not lose um, our purpose and the why behind what we do. So it's a good perspective shift. Well, this this is great because it's this whole month we're talking about leading worship in different places. And we're talking about, uh, you know, earlier this month we had Yancey on. She was talking about leading worship with kids, like what you're thinking about when you walk into a room full of kids. We had another artist, Jonas Woods, on. He was talking about when he walks into a room, what he's thinking about. And uh, so before we get into the kind of the topic questions, the first question I've asked each person and I wanted to ask you is, what's the strangest place you've led worship? 
strangest <laughs> place or or maybe not led worship maybe the strangest stage you've been on um and maybe performed on but like we've all done some weird things in our lives and um but like for you where's where's a place that's like this was a strange one or this was a weird one well, I wish I had something like really outlandish out there, you know, like in the middle of the ocean or something. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> um, well, actually, on the Sea of Galilee, but that wasn't strange. There, that was, that's just that was just crazy. Cool. Yeah, right. That cool. was cool. But I, there's so many; it's hard to pick just one. But the one that comes to mind is that I led worship in a karaoke nightclub in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. With no air conditioning in July, <laughs> and this, what was so f- crazy about it was, first of all, it was a nightclub, um, but they had closed the nightclub just for this Christian event. Yeah. Um, but yet they had the the disco ball and everything yeah. going <laughs> and the smoke, but it was so hot in there, and I was playing the piano um, and leading that... Uh, my mascara was just like running down my face and it was like burning and stinging my eyes. So I just kept wiping my eyes and then I looked down and they're black smudged all over the keyboard, sweat. We were all dripping sweat. And, um, but I, I, I do remember it was a powerful night in God's presence. Um, but was the strangest place that I've ever led worship. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I just love, I love that because it's <laughs> just you look down and there's black all over the. Where'd that black? I mean, it's on my hands. It's on my. I can't get it. It's just smudged everywhere, and and it was just funny because afterwards we were like, oh, we just we needed to sing the Macarena or do a karaoke song because <laughs> the, the environment it was just perfect for it with all the the strobe lights and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Now, let's talk about this. So how does, as you kind of travel around in different cultures, you know, not just, excuse me, not just here in the U.S., but different cultures, how does the audience in the room and where you are affect how you prepare to go lead somewhere? Well, I usually have several things that I consider when I'm preparing to lead worship. Um, But let me first say this, that when I mention these considerations, it's not for the purpose of like people pleasing or, you know, fear of man, but it's solely for me, it's for the purpose of building a bridge to connect the congregation to their creator and hopefully help facilitate an authentic encounter with God. And so these considerations are so that I can, so I can do that and do that well, um, cause you're never going to please everybody. And that yep. should never even be your aim. Um, and I, with all these things that I'm about to say, I would say first and foremost, with all of these, you have to invite the Holy Spirit in to your preparation and let him give you wisdom and direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I first I think about the age of the participants or the congregation, because sometimes it's a very age specific service that I'm preparing for. So is it a student's or a young adult service? Um, that might not be the best time to do a bunch of hymns or choruses from the 1980s, right? Yeah, yeah. But... I, like I said, I'm always inviting the Holy Spirit in, and there are times when I feel like I am supposed to maybe bring in one older song, but I, I'm always aware of the generation that I'm ministering to. Um, is it a more seasoned, older crowd of senior citizens? That might not be the best time to do I Thank God by Maverick City or Hillsong Young and Free, right? Yep. So I'm just aware of the generations that I'm I'm leading 
And I consider and honor that when I'm putting together a song list and knowing that there's creative ways that you can incorporate those multi-generational songs together, but you have to be intentional and you have to be spirit-led in that. Um, I also think about the gender because I, I do a lot of things that are women-specific. So if is this a women's group? And, you know, sometimes the way I prepare for a women's group is going to be different than a, a mixed congregation. Um, you know, sometimes the songs are a little more sensitive in nature, maybe more intimate. Uh, doesn't mean that you exclude that necessarily from when you, if you were leading for a group of men. But I just think about where women are in their season, maybe, and be, you know, be led in that and how I'm putting together and preparing to minister to women. Um, and then I also consider the event. What type of event is it? Um, is the audience or the congregation um, in a memorial service? Yeah. Are they in the middle of grief? You have to approach your songs and the way you carry yourself completely different. So I... I don't walk in and just do what I always do in a memorial service. It, it's a whole different approach. And what if it's a celebration, a joyful event, then I'm going to approach that differently. Um, I've even led worship for a grief, a retreat for um, moms who had lost children. Mm. And I'm, I have to be very sensitive when I'm asked to sing at these events. And so... I, I really pray into that and and think about, I don't just throw songs together that I like. I think about the atmosphere, the environment, and what I want to sing over them because of what they're specifically going through. 100%. I led worship at a church several oh, a while back that had recently had a fire go through their town and like burn a lot of the town. And I didn't even realize as I go and prepare some of the songs there's a lot of fire references yes. in songs. And I pulled up the set list and the pastor actually pulled me aside and was like, hey, can we change these out? Because uh, our congregation's a little a little sensitive to the word fire right now. Yeah. And I went, oh, uh, yes. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't even think about, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not talking about the same thing, but it's bringing up emotion that he's like, if, right. we could, if we could not do that right now, that would be really helpful. And I was like, that's great. So right. Have- and I, I think some people are like, oh, well, but, you know, they, I think, like I said, I prefaced by some people think that's leaning into, oh, we're, we're catering to the people or people right. pleasing. But I think there's a balance there of being sensitive, because remember, we want to limit distractions. Right. And we want to honor and respect um, the house that we're in, you know, because when I go to other places, um, I want to, I want to honor them. That's not my home church. And so, um, I also consider the type of denomination it is because I lead at many different denominations, um, and the culture. So is there a specific language that they speak? Can I incorporate, incorporate that in, into the, the song list? Um, you know, the first time I ever led for a Spanish service, um, I think I was, I was so nervous and I felt like the first service didn't go well because I was so insecure about it that I just tried to reach in my little bag of, you know, tricks and go, well, I'm going to pull out an English song because that's comfortable for me. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't led in that, but I did what was comfortable for me. And I did it out of fear. And um, I sang an English song at a completely Spanish congregation thinking, yeah. 
both don't like that. It fell flat. And um, I just realized I, I was making decisions out of fear and trying to do something easy, but that's not what God had for the people. And um, I learned my lesson in that moment. And also, is the is the culture conservative? You know, um, I have tattoos. So yeah. I always ask, you know, are, ta- are tattoos okay? Um, I ask about their dress code uh, because I don't want to offend. I also don't want to be a distraction. So um, when I go to Latin America, a lot of times I cover them up. Yeah. So it it does, you know, it's it's not fear of man or legalism. It's to honor them because I want them to connect with me. I want them to see that I'm honoring them because then they're going to be more apt to follow me in worship uh, because I, they, I've shown honor and respect to them. And 100%. Yeah. That is so, it's so good. Cause it's, you're, you're rolling into a new place. You're a new face, you're a new person and you're, I mean, you're leading people to Jesus. And so that's not leading people come. This is my, you know, get in my car. That's you know, designed my way. And we're going to go this way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm just a vessel and I'm, I'm here to get on your train and help you kind of get to the place that you're going. And right. um, I love that. Because I can still be authentically me. Yeah. I don't have to be someone I'm not, but at the same time, be respectful of where I'm at and the house that I'm at. And um, I'm telling you, every time I do that, um, God's favor is on it. And I get asked back Yep. because... Um, I'm gracious. I ask ahead of time. And we'll, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. I, I, I do a lot of homework. Yeah. I mean, when I'm going to go somewhere new, I do research and I watch online and I see you know, what are they wearing? What songs are in their rotation? Um, I ask questions of their worship leader and I watch their expression in worship. Yep. And um, you know, like I said, you still can be authentically you and lead with boldness and confidence, but honor the house that you're leading um, and be intentional to connect with the people. I love this. I love it. And um, now I love, I love hearing worship in other languages. I, it's one of my favorite things, you know, to do, you know, along an older song. Remember when Chris Tomlin released uh, We Fall Down and then he did it mm-hmm. in Setswana? Like I just, I still love i mean i've 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 actually led i've led that in in english services you kind of like d- you know deliver that 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 yeah. side of it cuz i love i just love hearing hearing worship from different from from different languages now mm-hmm. you're leading all over the world in different cultures and different places uh, you mentioned that a minute ago like you you br- brought us brought an english song into a spanish service now are you learning are you learning songs in their in languages where of, of where you're at like how how does that how does that look for you Yes. Um, so I do both English and then I try to do something in the language where I am. Okay. Now that's not always possible, but I I will learn a chorus or a bridge yeah. of a couple of their songs. Because um, usually these are planned with enough advance where I at least have a month, two months to practice. Um, I actually took German in high school for three years. I took German. So it's been a long time, but like going to Germany or Switzerland, you know, I, I asked them to send me some songs that I know in English, but send me the, the chorus in German. And I incorporate, incorporated that. Um, I've yeah. done some messianic services where it was part English, part Hebrew. 
And what I do, and I do my homework and I put in the effort and the work. So if I don't know how to pronounce it, I find someone that I know who speaks Hebrew and I have them send me a voice memo with the speaking it and then singing it phonetically so that, and then I write it out phonetically and I learn it and I just practice it over and over. And, um, you know, it's part of the honoring uh, by putting that effort into singing their language. Um, You know, if I felt I couldn't do it justice, I mean, like if it was a really difficult language, yeah. And most of the time, they don't require that. They they do things in English, but I try if I can, even if it's just like holy, 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 something where it's just a few words. Just that right there means so much to them. And I can't tell you, I was in Reynosa, Mexico. It was one of the first times I had ever led in Mexico in Spanish, and this woman came up to me just in tears and she grabbed my hands and they had to translate and she grabbed my hands and she said, thank you so much for singing in our language. And apparently that's not common when Americans come over, they sing in English. Yeah. And I, that just blew my mind because I was like, why, why would, why would you not want to honor them by at least trying to sing something in their language so they can sing along? And I've enjoyed it every moment. And I've actually found that there is a different anointing on me when I sing in another language, because I'm definitely not singing in my own strength. It is, it is the Lord. And so um, I just, I encourage anyone who gets asked to go to another country, sing a little, just a little bit in their language, put that effort in because it really helps to connect with the people and they love it. They feel so honored and valued. I love that. Now, Gateway did a lot and has has done Gateway, like the Spanish side of of, of the worship stuff. Were, were you involved in that at all? Is that part of it? Yes, you I was a vocal director for that, but yeah. you know, they usually use um, people who actually that's their native language. Correct. Correct. Which is understandable. But I do um, sing with Gateway Espanol for like live services, nights of worship, yeah. things like that. And um, during COVID, that's really where we started recording our uh, Spanish worship online for YouTube. And yep. I got to be a part of that. Um, and that's where I really learned a lot of songs in Spanish and got really comfortable with the language uh, so much. So I have so many people that will come up in other countries and they'll start talking to me in Spanish and they think uh, I speak fluently or that I'm Hispanic. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. And I'll say, yo canto en español. I sing in Spanish, but I do not speak Spanish. And they're like, what? <laughs> All this and, time. <laughs> and it just comes from, I, I listen to... Spanish radio and Spanish TV. And I yeah. listened to their inflections and, and, you know, I grew up listening to musical theater and imitating accents and things. So it's really just mimicking what you're hearing. And then I've got to make a brain switch to do German. It's totally different. So sometimes it is hard when I'm doing several languages, but where God calls you, he equips you. And I'm telling you, if you put the time in, like he always is faithful to, to like, give me the the grace to do it. And it's, it's so fun and it's exciting. I, I love it. I have a missionary heart and I asked the Lord for the nations several years ago and he is, he is providing that opportunity to, to sing and lead worship all over the world. And I'm so grateful. I love that you're only seven months into this. It's not like, you know, the way, like kind of the, some things you're saying, you're like, 
she's been doing this around the world for 30 years. You're like, no, she's been doing this for seven months and she's, you're, you're seeing this and it's already where you're doing all these amazing things. And so every time, every time we try and do a podcast, you're like, I'm sorry, I'm going to Switzerland. I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm like, (laughs) really, really? And then I know, and I'm ready. I'm ready to go to um, Kenya. We're going to try to see if Kenya works out for next year Awesome. and, and Switzerland again next year. And yeah, We'll, we'll, you know, we're open to any country if we get an invite, um, you know, the, we, we know sometimes we're going to sow a seed. We did that in Cuba. I mean, going to Cuba was just unbelievable assignment and we prayed about it and we're like, let's go. And to see the faces of those vocalists to, to be poured into, they like, and to see these light bulb moments, you know, they hadn't had anyone come teach them or train them. Oof. And so it, like, I, like I said, when you travel around and you go to other countries and other cultures, you realize how much we have as far as resources here. You know, you can just yeah. get on Instagram and every other post is worship training, a worship podcast, and they don't have access to all that because of the internet and things like in their country. And they don't have people... Um, having conferences over there and people training. So I was so honored to get to be a part to pour into them. And and so I'm ready for some, some more countries. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any like bucket list countries that, that, that you're like, I really want to go to like this. You said Kenya a minute ago, but is there any that are kind of in your bucket list? Yeah. Ireland, Ireland. Yeah. Ireland and Scotland. Um, and I would love to go, um, to Canada again. I've been to Canada, but I haven't been there to minister. Yeah. I, I just went there for vacation. So if anyone's listening out there in Canada, yes, yes. I, lo- I love Canada. I love the mountains. So that's why I think I, I do love um, Switzerland so much. But anywhere in Europe, um, even Japan, I've never been to Asia. Okay. So Ireland, Japan, really... I just I feel like the world is my oyster, as they say, and <laughs> just wherever the Lord wants to send us. And I I really want to go back to Israel. I've been there three times, but my yeah. husband has not been. Okay. And I want him to experience that, but I really want to experience that together as a couple. Yeah. And um, there's nothing like being on top of Mount Zion and singing in Spanish and Hebrew, and it was life changing. And I, I want to do it again. That's there's there's that that's that that, that that's gonna happen. That 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 can that, that 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 definitely can happen. Thank you, thank you. I received that, and and I'm 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 ready. I'm ready. Absolutely. So hey, as you're traveling around and leading worship a lot of places, there's words that kind of get thrown around in like style of music at churches, like contemporary, blended, traditional, modern. These are all words that if you've been around the church for any length of time, you've you've made you've probably heard in some level in reference to what Sunday morning is. This is the traditional service. This is our contemporary service. This is our blended service. This is our modern service. Now, do you think that we're still there as a culture describing things that way? Or are we, have we, have you, are you, are you kind of seeing a shift um, from classifying things that way? Cause I, um, cause you're seeing a lot of different places. Kind of what are you seeing as, as you travel and lead worship at different, different places? And it is amazing how different it is from country to country. Like yeah. when you, when you go to Europe, they're, they're about, some of the churches are about three or four 
years behind as far as worship songs that they're doing. Not all of them. There are a few that are like doing very current songs. Um, sometimes Latin America, it depends on what part of Latin America you go to. And they're like doing songs from 10 years ago. So it's really interesting to see um, the different timelines of where people, where they are. You know, like I said, it's not across the board, but there are these pockets. And I do see it mostly in conservative liturgical congregations yeah, um, where they will have a contemporary service and a tradi- traditional service. Um, I don't see it as much the other way around, like where there's more ca- a charismatic church. I, I normally don't see traditional services. It's right. just one type of service. Um, but I do see a lot of the liturgical churches moving more towards either blended or just one service where they're, you know, because I, I'm really seeing um, a shift with even some of the worship music that's been coming out lately. Um, if if you notice, like with Charity Gale, that yeah. album, man, that brings back some rem- memories, even though it's a new album. But she's got some old school choruses on there. 100%. Mixed with some new songs. And I love the sound of it because it's it kind of brings back some memories of like revival and and you know, those old school services that that I grew up in. But it's it's got a freshness to it. Yep. And so I love it that this the younger generation is getting to experience both and seeing that there's a heritage with the hymns and the older choruses from 40, 50 years ago. And that God is a multi-generational God. And so I think the most healthy, vibrant churches are the ones that have that diversity and they should be multi-generational. And the worship should have aspects of all of that because I think the young people need to hear these these songs that, you know, were pivotal in the day, yep. but also, you know, show the older generation what God is is releasing in the church today, those those now words for this season. And I think it's beautiful when you can marry the two. Um, I think the older generation is a lot more accepting of it when you do include both. And um, not every time, but, you know, the, again, spirit-led. So there are times when I feel like the Lord says, do, an, do this old song. And I don't question it because I know... Maybe I'm my brain's not necessarily going there, yeah. but it's it's the Holy Spirit for that moment for that service. Do breathe or do great is thy faithfulness or whatever. And every time I lean into that and I do it, you can see it in the room, and there's a shift, and 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 you can see it in the faces of the older generation. They connect with something in the service yep. and it opens their heart up for the rest of the service. So when you do a new song after that, they're a lot more open to that. And I know this because my mom, you know, my mom is 76 years old. She gives me feedback about worship and I listen to her. I listen and she really is a lot more open uh, to connect when there are both both uh, multi-generational, you know, songs from older and newer combined. So I, I think it's very refreshing that what I'm seeing is a shift in the the new worship that's being released. Some of it has an older sound. Yeah. But with a fresh twist on it. Yep. And um, I just, I definitely think things are more blended today um, because the, of the generation of worship leaders that are in their mid thirties to early fifties, 
uh, they're bridging the two worlds, the one that they grew up in with the one they're in now. Isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love flipping through YouTube and seeing like a church that's like orchestra and suits and a choir and singing a song. And then, you know, a few videos down later, the same song. It's like a bunch of high schoolers at a, at a, you know, at at an event. And you're like, how are you both? It's both, you're both doing the same song, you know, and, um, and I love it. it. And, and I love like on Charity Gale's album, yeah. she, they have Throne Room song, which is a new song. And then it goes into, we are standing on holy ground. And I'm like, what? yeah, <laughs> yes. And I, and a lot of the, you know, the younger, younger generation, they don't even know that song to them. It may even, they may even think it's a new song. Yep. And I love that because for those of us who grew up with that song, it takes us back to a moment, but it's also gives, um, it, it shows that uh, again, that multi-generational aspect where God, God is multi-generational. Yep. Um, he's diverse, he's multifaceted. And so I love that when our worship represents that. So good. Yeah. I love, I love it. And, um, as we wrap up today, I always, um, I always like to wrap things with a food question. Of course um, you do. I do. It's my thing. It's my it thing. It wouldn't be your podcast. It if wouldn't you be, it wouldn't be the table without a food question. <laughs> nope. Um, so we've, I've, uh, I have a question that, cause you travel a lot. And so you see a lot of places you're going to Germany. Uh, you know, you've been to others in other countries when you sit down at a table with food and something comes or you maybe or see it on the menu or you order it or you see it pass by you. How do you judge if you're going to like it? Taste, appearance, smell, or feel like what's, what is the, like, this is, I'm not, are you a person that's like, I'm not going to like that. Or do you try it and then decide it? Or is it, what's kind of your, what what's your, your way of thinking when you're have food in front of you? Well, you're asking a person who does not eat seafood. Okay. For this very reason, because of appearance, smell, and taste. Yeah, so, <laughs> all of the things. <laughs> so I, it's first appearance. So it usually doesn't matter if someone's like, oh, it's delicious. If it looks gross or it has eyeballs staring back at me. Not- nope. I, or it has scales or anything. No. Yep. And then and then the smell is combined with that. Like if it's if it's fishy. Or like Brussels sprouts, I won't even eat those. Yeah. And I know people are like, oh, if you roast them, they're wonderful. Now it's the smell. I can't get past the smell. Bad fish still smells like fish. Yes. There's there's no way around it. Like it. Or they'll say, oh, this kind of fish is not very fishy. And I'm just like, but then I can't get past the appearance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fish that's been in the ocean. And I'm just like, I can't do it. Now, so I don't you- even get to the taste part. Because okay. I've already okay. judged it. I've already judged it on smell and appearance. Yeah. So, so many people go, oh, you don't like sushi? Have you tasted it? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I've never tasted sushi. No, or, need to. Or tuna or anything raw fish. And I will not. Not worth it's it. Just, not, it's all, yeah. it's, it, it is up here. <laughs> and and I want to like, I want to like salmon. I want to like sushi. I want to be one of those cool kids that goes out for sushi. I can't Your do pot- it. Your pocketbook says thank you for not liking sushi because it's it is it inexpensive. It is people I and everybody always says, Oh, there's inexpensive ways and there's rolls that are cooked, and you're like, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't 
I'm just going to stay over there. I don't need to be involved. I am the person that goes to the sushi section at the grocery store and gets the one that's avocado and carrots and cucumber. It's a veggie roll. I mean... It doesn't smell. Nope. Looks good. Yep. It passes all the tests. So then you're then you're good to go. Then you're good to go. <laughs> That's right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I have a, one of my daughters. She won't even. She makes a, a decision by by just the sound of it or like seeing it. She'll go. I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna enjoy that. And I don't. You haven't even tried it yet. You haven't even tried what it looks like. Have you? And she's like, I don't even. I don't need to. I don't need to try it. I know it's gonna be gross. Yeah. And so I always love when she, when I can get her to eat a bite, and she's like, "This isn't as bad as I thought it would be," and I'm like, "Well, because you you made a decision before you before you actually tried it, you know." But I am that person, and and I know people are like, "How do you travel overseas?" But it hasn't like really pro, been a, like protein bars. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been a problem. Again, I want to honor yeah people, uh, but I have thankfully I think it's the Lord knows how I am, and that I really will not even try something because I just, I can't. And so I never really have had a situation where they made me, you know, they, they kind of put it in front of me and I had yeah. to. Um, so I'm just thankful for that. Cause I would never want to offend anybody, but I definitely, I'm one of those, I, I won't try it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Never having that ever for the rest of my life ever. Mm. That's I know amazing. it's sad. People are like, "You're missing out. You're missing out." And I'm like, "Are you though?" I've got chicken fried steak, and mashed potatoes. I'm good. There's <laughs> nothing else you need in life. That's amazing. And Texas hey, barbecue. Absolutely, which is different. Texas it, barbecue is a thing. Is an its it own is. its own thing. It is. But, hey, uh, tell us how we can connect with you about if yeah how we can connect with you. Yes, I have a website www.theworshiplife.com. Uh, that has my music and also all the coaching services that I provide. Um, the Instagram is the Worship Life Official, and then I have two YouTube channels: the Worship Life, which has worship training and resources, and then my music channel, which has English and Spanish worship videos on it, is Amber Pierce Music. Pierce spelled P-E-A-I-R-S. That, that's it's it. that it's that I that you got to throw in there. Yeah, it is a little different. It's yep. not French, but it's it's pronounced Piers, but Piers. it's P-E-A-I-R-S, Amber Piers. So would love to connect with y'all if you have any questions about me coming to your church yes. or having a workshop or just being a guest worship leader. I would love to come. And especially if you're in other countries, I'll go there too. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love and I bring her out to your church. If you're listening to this, make sure you make sure you bring her out. She's does great. She does great stuff. So it's going to be you're you're bound to have a great weekend when Amber comes out to your church. Thank you. And I love that you talked about this topic because we don't hear about it very much about yeah. how you lead in different situations that are strange and uncomfortable or yep. uncertain. And and so I, thank you so much for having me today. I was honored to be a part. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we will see everybody here next week.